We are up to Daf Lamites Amid Aleph, the Mishnah. Lamites Amid Aleph, the Mishnah says like this: Shar shel pikeach, shenogach shar shel cherushayt vekatan. If a shar belonging to a pikeach, a regular healthy person, gores an ox belonging to a cherushayt vekatan, chayv. It's chayv because there's no reason to say potter. It's pasha. But shel cherushayt vekatan. Let's say you have an ox that belongs to cherushayt vekatan. Shenogach shar shel pikeach. That gores a healthy person's ox, potter, potter, because they're not responsible. They're not bar. They're not able to watch their oxen. Now stop right here. It sounds like completely potter, which means if you have an ox that's belonged by a shaita and it gores, potter, doesn't pay chatzin nezek. So you'll say, okay, it's poshit. But the implication is further. Not only is it potter, we do not appoint an apotropis. You see, sometimes. In order to sort of make civilization go, Chazal will appoint an apotropis on a shaita and say, listen, so I could see the Mishnah saying, Potter, but we appoint an apotropis, and then the apotropis will pay. Because again, you have a tam, it's very simple. You sell the ox and you take the money and pay. You don't have, a shaita, can, a shaita can't do that, but an apotrop is good. But the Mishnah says nothing about an apotrop, it's completely potter. Then says the Mishnah, We do put an apotrop in, so that's a complete contradiction. At first it just says potter, which means we don't do anything, which let it go. And then it says we appoint an apotrop, so which one is it? Do you appoint an apotrop to, to, to be able to pay half the value, to pay the chatzinezek the of the tam? Or do you not? It's a complete contradiction from one line in the mission to the next. Okay, the Gemara will address that. Is it exactly the same case too? Exactly the same case. Just the first one says Potter without any qualifications. Then it says Potter, but we mamidin len apotropis. So which one is it? Are you maimin apotropis or not? So we'll, we'll, we'll analyze that. But then it's also um, a little bit strange that it would have the same case twice. Correct. It's, it's a straight up contradiction. Umeidin lahen befnei apotropis, and this apotropis. We testify in front of this apotropis, and the implication is that you testify in front of the apotropis, and once it does three times, then it becomes a mood, and the apotropis is sort of in charge. Okay. So let's say the animal is a mood, and then the cherish becomes unmute, he becomes healthy, or or the shaita becomes healthy, or the cotton becomes older. So the question is basically, it's a mood right now, and now they're back in. They're back in. The shaita is no longer a shaita. So does it continue being a mood or the restart? So it's a machlekes tanoim. Chazla tamusa de Rameir. Rameir feels a restarts. We're going to see in the Gemara, Rameir shita is that any time a sale of an animal goes, it restarts the clock. I, this probably has to do with the discussion we once had of whether the purpose of muid is to show the animal's aggression or to sort of warn the owner. Rameir obviously holds that it's more owner-based, and therefore, once he becomes a non-shota, he's like restarting ownership, so then it goes from muid back to tam. Restarts the clock. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. Harehu becheskaser. He says, no, he's, if it's a muid, it's a muid. That's it. Now, shor ha'atzdebin, shor ha'atzdebin, shor ha'atzdebin was a shor that they would use in the, in the, in the, what do you call it? Uh, the, Bullfighting, exactly. Enoi chayev misa. It's not chayev misa if it kills someone. Shenemar ki yigach v'loishei gechuhu. Over there, they're they're pushing it to kill somebody. So if it kills someone, it doesn't get the death penalty. The Gemara will analyze that concept of like you know um, stadium type of uh, you know uh, gladiator type stuff. Okay, the Gemara is like this. We had a contradiction. 
It started off by saying that if a shar of a chayrishaita vikatan gores, it's potter, which implies potter legamri, you don't collect any payment. But then the Mishnah said, which kind of sounds like, what's the whole point of an apatropis? In order to give payment. So, does a shar of chayrishaita vikatan pay or not? So it's a contradiction. I don't understand, you contradict yourself. Amrit, you said, The Mishra starts off by saying potter, which means potter legamri, alma, ein mamidin apotropis, letam legavis megufoi. That means we, we do not appoint an apotropis to pay, but ein masefa, because what else is the purpose of apotropis? Ein masefa, but then the Mishnah then says the next line, then the Mishnah says, well, you do a point of Apotropos. So, does he pay or not? So, Amr Rava Hachi Katani. The answer is, if an animal gores, a cherishat of a conscious animal gores, you don't have to pay. And we don't appoint an Apotropos in order to collect payment. But here's what happens. If it gores three times... It's already proven to be an aggressive animal. Then we will appoint an apotropis, but not so that it will pay, but just so that apotropis will be present at testimony three times in order to make the animal mood. Meaning, the animal is potter. We are not going to make you pay Tom. A chayr is not going to pay Tom, neither him or an apotropis. I, the Mishnah says you appoint an apotropis, not to make you pay. You appoint an apotropis so that he could be testifying, so that if the animal gores three times in his presence, it's now a mood. And then once it's a mood, he pays. So in summation, a mood will pay, a Tom will not pay. I, the Mishnah says, and that's why Mishnah says potter. I, the Mishnah then says, we are made an apotropis, but not to pay, but to make the animal a mood. That's the sole purpose of an apotropis. Fine, but not, but not, the purpose of apotropis is not to pay chatzinezek. It will not pay chatzinezek. We will not take money from the animal itself. But we will appoint an apotropis to make it a muad. Now, by the way, Tysus points out, so what's the situation? It gores once, let it go. It gores twice, let it go. It gores three times, Bezin's like, all right, let's get an apotropis up here. So the apotropis comes, and then it gores a fourth time. You are not going to pay nezek shalom. It's not a muad yet. Tysus explains, it's not a muad yet, because... The Apotropos just started his clock. So then, three times, it just proved that it's an aggressive animal. Apotropos is now appointed. It goes fourth. Still nothing. Fifth. Still nothing. Sixth. Now it's a mood. That's the purpose of Apotropos. So that just to be there to basically, like, do the, the tickets. Like, huh? And who pays? Oh, so now who pays? So now it's an Apotropos. It's already gored the amount of times that it's a mood. And now it tax again. And now we pay. So the question is, who is paying? So... The Gemara says, Mamash Machlaikas Amiroi. The Gemara says, Ma'alias, man. Who, who is paying for this? Now, again, I could argue both ways. I could say, Shecher Shet because are the owners, they should pay. Or I could say, the Apotropos should pay because he, he's irresponsible. On the other hand, if you make the Apotropos pay, then who is going to be an Apotropos? Right? You have to be concerned about that also. Right? We want their Apotropos to, to, to try to help these Shecher Shet Vikathas out. But if they're going to have to start paying, out of their pockets, probably going to be a very hard job to fill. So it's a machlekes amaroim. Rav Yechonon Omer Malias Yisayimin. Rav Yechonon says we collect from the Yisayimim. The chayr shayt of a katan, meaning, and if the katan's a yasim, whatever it is, we collect from those people's estate. If it's a yasim, if it's a chayrish, if it's a shayta, it's a katan, we collect from that estate. Rav Yosi Bachanina Omer Malias Apotropis. No, we have points from the Apotropos. Now, the reason why, by the way, Apotropos usually deal with the assignments because if there's a father, the father would normally take care of this. This is Pashas, who's in a Yasim, who's a Cherishite of a Kadan. 
So who's paying? So Rabbi Yechon says, take it from the estate. Rav Hanina says, no, it's from the Apotropos. Now, the, the problem with Rav Yechonon... I'm sorry, what connections is Apotropos? What liability does Apotropos have? I mean, why would he have to pay? Because he's responsible. He's responsible. Oh, he's out. He's oh, the okay. one who took responsibility of their estate. Oh, so, so he was an Apotropos from the start. Well, well whenever he, he took over, and then it gored four times. So yeah, so he was there the whole time. Because he, he he's restarts the clock, says Tyson. So he takes over, then it's three times, now it's a muid, and then a fourth time, now you pay. It's the fourth time. So the point is, Rabbi Yechanan says you pay from the estate of the Yisraeli. Now the problem with Rabbi Yechanan is, we generally do not collect um, from the estate of the Yisraeli. It's just not generally done. We'll maybe collect land, but money we will generally not collect from the st- estate of Yisraeli. So the Gemara says, Did Rav Yochan actually say that the Yisraeli have to pay? We will not generally go into, let's say the, the, the parents, the father has a debt. We are not going to make the Yisraeli pay unless it's ribis, meaning let's say that the father started a deal that every month he has to pay $100, and if he doesn't, it's compounded interest. Then we'll make the Yisraeli pay because it's for their betterment, because if they don't pay and we wait for them to become gedolim, they're going to accrue a tremendous amount of interest payments against them. So we just go into their estate in order to, it's, it's to help them, it's not to hurt them. And Rav Yochanan added, or a that has ribis, or for a ksuba, meaning let's say they're mother or stepmother, whoever this is, right, she's a widow. The halacha is, she collects uh, food, payment for food, until she collects her ksuba. So then we'll go into their estate to pay the ksuba, because it's, it's preventing them from paying monthly. The point is, we generally do not go into the Yisomim's estate. We wait until the Brahmin, so we generally don't do this. So why is Rabbi Yochanan saying that we'll go into the estate to pay for the Muad stuff? I thought we generally don't do that. So, and it's hard to know exactly the rules of this, but the Gemara is saying it's a little bit weird because Rabbi Yochanan said the only time we go into their estate is to pay for a Ksuba, to pay for Ribas. He didn't mention Kanas. So because of this, the Gemara says... The Gemara says, Eipoch. The Gemara says, so switch the names around. So switch the names around. Meaning, Rav Yochanan, we originally thought, was the one who said that the Yisomim pay. The problem is that doesn't work with Rav Yochanan Shita because Rav Yochanan does not into making Yisomim pay. So switch the names around. Rav Yochanan is the one who says the Apotropos pays and Rav Hanin is the one who says Yisomim pays. Okay, so you have a contradiction. You switch the names around. So the Gemara says, Rav Yochanan Melius Apotropos Yisomim. Amar Rava, Mishum Dekashat Rav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan Meshavla Rav Yossi Bechanina Toya. Wait, wait a minute. Now, when you switch, it's interesting. I never thought about this. Whenever you switch the names around, you're switching the other name around too, right? Right. So now you made Rav Yochanan work, but now now you're making Rav Yosef Hanina inconsistent. Now his statement was inaccurate, right? You, you, Rav Yochanan said A, Rav Yosef Hanina said B. Now because of the contradiction of Yochanan, we're saying, well, okay, the, 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 it wasn't accurate. So switch Rav Yochanan. But now you're also making Rav Yosef Hanina inaccurate. And he was a Dayan. And the Gemara says, Rav Yosi Barchanina, Dainahu, Vinachas Lumkadadina. He was a Dayan. He, 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 to say that they both made a mistake. No, no. Let's make it work. Ella, Lo'ilum Loy Tepach, Umazik Shani. The answer is very simple. 
Generally, Rav Yochanan is not into going into the Yisomim's estate, except over here it's a hezek, meaning in order for society to work, we have to make sure that damages do not happen on a regular basis. And because of this, we will go into Yisomim's estate to pay for it. I generally don't do that for loans or for debts. I understand that because, yes, for a debt, if a Yosem owes money or the parents owe money, we'll wait till they're gadolim, whatever it is. But over here, if their animal is just going around goring people, we can't, for society, we can't allow that. And therefore, this is the exception of the rule. Now, so there's a machlaikas though, who pays? The Yisoyimim or the Apotropos? Why is, what's the problem with an Apotropos paying? So the Gemara says, Rav Yochanan Amr Malias Yisoyimim, Rav Yochanan makes the Yisoyimim pay, why? Di Amr Malias Apotropos, go to the next page, because he says, if the Apotropos have to pay, Mimani Vuleyovdi. Who, who's going to become an Apotropos? No one's going to become an Apotropos. So that's a good taina. So, no, no, not necessarily. No, Just out of the goodness of their heart. So now you're talking about a thankless job, and now it could cost me money. No, no good deed goes. No, exactly, and it's a, it's a lot of money, and it's a lot of time. I'm not going to do that. So how does Rav Yosef Bachanina, who says that the Apotropos pays, how does he deal with this? Rav Yosef Bachanina, I'm a Malias Apotropos. V'chaisim and Nefram and Yisem lechigadli. Rav Yosef Bachanina says, I agree that the Apotropos is is only going to pay until the Gedolim. Then he'll recoup his payment. Meaning, Rav Yosef Bachanina says, I I agree. If the Apotropos has to pay and never gets his money back. I agree that would not work. The answer is, he pays, and when they're gadolim, when they're old enough to take care of their own money, he'll, he'll get the money back from them. So everyone agrees the Yisrael the are, are going to pay. The question is, do they pay now, or do they pay later? Okay, fine. We said before, though, the way we explain the Mishnah is that if Cherishite Vekatan's ox gores, we will appoint an apotropis, but not so that the apotropis will pay for the Chatzinezek of Atam but purely to start the count, to make an amud. But there's no such thing as an apotropis paying chatzinezek for a cherishite of a cotton zox. That's clear from the Mishnah. The Gemara says it's actually machleikas tanayim. Okay. The Gemara says, umamidin apotropis l'tam legavas megufoi, this machleikas of weather, we will appoint an apotropis to, to, to pay from the goof of the animal of a cherishite of a cotton's ox for a tam, chatzinezek is tanoihi. It's actually machlaikas tanoim. The tanya, look at this brysa. The brysa says like this Shar shenisharshu bailov, if you have a shar whose owners became deaf, or shenishtatu bailov, or the owners, owners are a shaitu, shaita, or shaholoch bailov medinisayam, or the owners went away, and now the one that's in charge is a cotton. So you basically have a cherishite of a cotton. Yehuda ben Nekusa Omar Sumchis, which is, he doesn't have a title. Yehuda ben Nekusa said in the name of Sumchis, Harei hu bitamusai. It is still a tam, right? Seemingly, the way you read these words is that it remains a tam. Ad unless the owners are present, it remains a tam. Now that implies, by the way, if you read the way the words are written, that implies that if I have an ox of a cherishet of a katan, it could gore a thousand times, it remains a tam. It never becomes, because you don't appoint an apotropos. It just remains a tam. That's a little bit schwer, because like, everyone should appoint an apotropos to make it a muad. But he says, it remains a tam. Okay? The chachamim say no. Ma'amidin lehen apotropos, ma'amidin bevifnei apotropos. Say no, we appoint. So seemingly, the way the remission is that this machlekes seems to read on the surface level is everyone agrees. The machlekes is: Do you even appoint an apotropos at all? Simcha says no, and it just remains like a tam. It's a better. It's a crazy concept. It could, it could go like a thousand times. Tam 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 tam. That's a very strange. Sure. 
No, nothing. See, it sounds like nothing. Not only nothing, we don't even appoint an apotropist. I'm saying, no, let's appoint an apotropist. That's what it seems like. That Sumchus believes it remains a Tom forever. Here's the problem. Let's keep reading. And let's say these owners become healthy. Then Sumchus says, it, go back, it goes back to being a Tom. Wait, wait, wait a I thought his point was, it remains a Tom forever. Now he's saying, no, 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 no. It's a Muid, it goes back to being a Tom. So what is Sumchus' shita exactly? When you read it, it sounds like it's a Tom, it's a tom forever. But then he said, the second that kid becomes older, it goes back to being a Tom, which implies that it's not a Tom anymore. But what is Sumchus' shita? And the Gemara says, what is What did Sumchus mean when he said that if you have a cherishite of a cotton's ox, it remains a tam? Now, again, the simple reading of that is it never becomes a muid. The problem is the next line is if it's a muid and then the kid becomes bar mitzvah, it goes back to being a tam. I thought it remains a tam forever. What do you mean it became a muid? How did it become a muid? So the Gemara says, if you're telling me that it remains a tam, it never becomes a muid. The next line of the brisa is that it becomes a muid and then it goes back to being a tam. So what does it mean? You know what means? It does not mean what we thought. We thought it meant means that it remains a tam. No, no, no. It means it remains intact, meaning. Sumchus shita is that if you have a cherishite of a cotton's ox and it gores, we do appoint an apotropos, but not to pay, just to make it a mood, meaning when it becomes a mood, it's tamim, it's complete. The chachamim say no. The second it gores, we already pay half. So it's not tamim anymore, it's not complete anymore because it's, you're paying already, it's already being split up. Meaning, everyone agrees you appoint an apotropos. The machleik is sumchus the rabban is what is the purpose of that apotropos? Sumchus says the purpose of that apotropos is purely to get it to become a mood. But once it's a mood, meaning by the time it gets a mood, it's tamim, it's complete, because you have not paid a penny. The chum say no, the purpose of apotropos is to pay. That's such an ambiguous term. I know. In this context, he's going to use this particular uh, cor- Correct, very strange. But you have no choice, though. You have no choice. Because there's plenty of other words in the I know, no, no, but I'm saying because you can't read it as is. You're 100% right. It's written very funny, but it cannot be read as is. So we're forced. I know, it's very strange. It's, I know, it's a shverzach. I know, it's very strange. Sumchus holds that when you have an ox of a cherishet of a cotton and a gores, you appoint an apotropos, but not to pay, just to start the count. One, two, three, mood. But it does not pay chatzi nezek. And therefore, by the time it becomes a mood, it's tamim. It's still complete. You haven't paid a penny. The chum say no. You appoint an apotropos to pay. So therefore, it's not tam by the time it gets to a mood. It's already cost you a lot of money. It's already, its value's got down. You've already had to sell it. You've already had to, you understand most animals don't get to a mood because you have to sell it most of the time. Or according to Rav Akiva, it's, you've already lost half ownership. You, know, you understand? I mean, so Sumchus' point is it's tamim. It's complete. Meaning it's 100% yours. You got no debt. You got no partners. It's still complete. I I thought it became a mood. The answer is yes. I appointed an apotropos to make it a mood. The Gemara says, I'm So this machleikas tanoim is whether we appoint an apotropos to pay for the time. Okay, good.
That's, and no more proof. Fine. Now, what was then the machlaikas? Okay, so you have Sumchus and the Rabbanon are arguing, yeah? You have, according to Sumchus, again, the animal gores once, according, I don't know, it's like gores, whatever. Gores three times, whatever it is. You appoint an apotropis. According to Sumchus, the purpose of an apotropis is merely to keep the count. It's not paying a penny. According to the Rabbanon, it's paying. The kids are after three times, everyone agrees it's a mood. Then all of a sudden the kid becomes bar mitzvahed. Now the question is to go back. It's machloikis. Sumcha says, back to being a tam. The Ramana like, no, no, no. What's the machloikis about? Save Micah Miflagi. We have the same machloikis in the Mishnah. Rishus Mishana Ikabinayu. The question is, does changing ownership go back to the beginning? Meaning, Sumcha's shita is that anytime there's a change in ownership, it restarts the clock. It goes from muad to tam. And then a second chiddush is not only that true, but even a kid becoming bar mitzvah is like a change in ownership. Or a cherish becoming healthy is like a change in ownership. But that's the premise. Sumchus believes that anytime there's a change in ownership, a mood becomes a tam. And chiddush number two is that a child becoming a bar mitzvah, or a cherish becoming healthy, or a shaita becoming healthy, is a change in ownership. Even though it's the same owner, but it's like a different person. And it goes back to being a sumchus saver, rishus meshana, or yaisi saver, rishus ena meshana. Okay, very good. Now, from here until the end of the Ahmed, it's very simple. We're going to have a line that's going to be a little bit of a riddle. And we have to try to figure out what exactly do they mean. I, again, there's like a very simple way to read it, but the Gemara does not like that. The Gemara does not want to go simple. It wants to go a little more complicated. Tanur Abonim. Shar cheirishayte vekata chenagach. You have a shar of a cheirishayte vekata that gores. Rav Yaakov Mishalim. Rav Yaakov pays. <laughs> Rav Yaakov Mishalim Chatzinezik, Rav Yaakov Pais. The word Omar is missing. Uh, it should be Rav Yaakov Pais Chatzinezik. The Gemara says, Rav Yaakov Mishalim Chatzinezik. Why is Rav Yaakov Pais? Rav Yaakov Oymer Mishalim Chatzinezik. I don't know why. I thought that was like a little funny, little, little funny back and forth. Just, okay. Like a little... Rav Yaakov Pais. Rav Yaakov says someone. Fine. Pais Chatzinezik. Now, <laughs> no, so the Gemara, okay, so now the Bryce is saying if you have a shar of a cherishite of a katan that gores, you pay chatzinazek. So what's the pshat? Why do you pay chatzinazek? So I would say very simply, it's a tam, and you pay chatzinazek. The Gemara does not like that. That's too simple. Here's the riddle you have a cherishite of a katan's axe that gores, you pay chatzinazek. What's the case? You'll say, it's a tam, and this follows the shita that you appoint an apotropis to pay Chatzinezek. The Gemara doesn't like that, even though that's a pretty good answer. Why doesn't the Gemara like that? The Gemara says, Chatzinezek uh, what's the case? It can't be what you thought. Again, the riddle is, you have a shor, an ox of a cherishet of a katanakor, you pay Chatzinezek. What's the case? So you'll say, well, it's a tam, and we appoint an apotropis to pay. Taisa says, the Gemara's like, nah, pshita. Taisa says, what do you mean, Pshita? If that was the case, it wouldn't say Chayev Chatzinezek, it would just say Chayev. And you'll know Chatzinezek. The fact that it says Chatzinezek, it means there's something more, I want a better answer, I want more complicated, more out of the box. So that's not it. Keep going. Even though, I mean, to me, that would be a Chiddush. We've been learning, it's a Machalikas Tanayv. You just, okay, but we want more than that. So let's go, answer number two. So the Gemara says, okay, it can't be a Tam, 
because then it would just say chayiv. It wouldn't say chayiv chatzinezek. And it can't be a muad. Why? Because if it's a muad, why are you paying chatzinezek? It can't be a muid because a muid is either zero or a hundred. There's no fifty. When are you paying chatzinezek? So, Amarava. So here's the answer. Yeah? But he's. If I go to town and he goes, Chatzinezek. But. No, but then, oh, but it's, but it's still Nezek Shalom. Yeah, the problem is it's still Nezek Shalom. It's just each owner pays Chatzin Nezek. Eh, you know what? Okay, the Gemara is going to go a little more complicated. The Gemara says like this, Amarava, answer number one, Lo'elam b'muid, really it's a muid. V'hacha b'mai askinon, davdi shmira p'chusa, v'le'avdi shmira m'ula. Okay, you did a basic shmira, but not a good shmira. Okay. Now there's a very you 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 put up a fence that would hold uh, a regular wind but not a strong wind. So you did like a basic shmir, not a great shmir, no real locks. You just a basic shmir. Here's an interesting thing, Rabbi Yehuda Shita is. I was checking this up at the end of davening, so I went to get the mishnayos. Uh, the Kahati explains it. Um, Rabbi Yehuda Shita is based on a pasuk. It's daf memheim and beis. It's the end of this parak. The is that if you do a basic shmir but not a good shmir, you're chayev by a tam but potter by a mood. Oh, wow. So it's the exact opposite of what you'd expect. Oh, yeah. By a tam you're chayev because you should have done better. By a mood, eh, you did enough. It's the exact opposite of what you'd think. Now it's based on a pasuk. So I did see, I was like, so you could just say, so I was just like, what's the shot? So I thought, well, it's a pasuk. That's always the answer. But I saw... Kahati just in three one line quotes the Meiri that he says that because it's a muid everyone should be watching out. So, huh? okay. What? But the point is, meaning therefore, even if I did just I did a basic shmira, but not a good shmira, I'm potter because I did a basic shmira, and you guys should also just avoid my ox. What, if, what's the post? It's, it says It's 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 a drush over there. So the point is like this. Here's the case. It's a muid. I did a basic shmira. Well, the basic shmira, according to Rav Yehuda, is, is potter. So why am I chayv at all? Rav Yehuda also has another shita, and that's called tzad tamus b'mkoyma o'imedas. Huh? Tzad tamus b'mkoyma o'imedas is like this. How do you look at a muid? You could look at a muid is you have the chatzin nezachiyav as a tam plus the other chatzin nezach. Or no, muid is an entirely new chiyav called nezach shalim. What's the nafkamina? Is there a cap on 50% of it? Meaning, if you look at muid as a new, new chiv, you just have to pay whole. Or if you say, no, it's chatzin as it becomes Meaning, every time you're a muid, you have the time which requires you to pay half, and now we just add in the other half. What's the nafkamina? Well, half you'll have to pay regardless of the, of the, of the limitation. There's no, there's, no, um, there's no cap. But if you hold that there's still a time, the first 50% that you pay, there's a cap. Because the first 50% is the same payment situation as before, just added on top of it. That's Rabbi Yehuda Shita. So therefore, go back to our discussion. Our case is, I did a basic shmira, but not a good shmira. So therefore, I should be potter by a muad. The answer is, you're potter by the muad half. But the tam half is chayiv, because, as I said before, a basic shmira is chayiv by tam, potter by muad. So you did a basic shmira. So why am I paying chatzin nezek? Your potter mitzad the muad shaboy. 
but every mood is still 50% a tam. So you have to pay the first 50% because the tam shaboy still requires payment. When Rav Yaakov said, Chayiv Chatzinezek, this was what he was saying. He's saying two chidushim. He's saying that a Chayiv Chatzinezek pays for a tam, but that's not enough. He wants more than that. He's also saying that anytime there's a muid, there's still 50% tam in there. So if you do a basic shmira, that's chayev by tam, potter by muid. So you're not potter legamri, you're potter the 50% of the muid, but you're chayev the 50% of the tam, and you're chayev a tam on a chayrushayt v'katam. That's what Rabbi was saying. That's, that's what he was looking for. And as it cannot be a kanas in this case, Correct. I would, assu- I would assume it's not. I would assume it's not. But we have to get to that sukkah, but I would assume not. I mean, it's so, the most logical thing to say. I mean, otherwise, it doesn't make any sense that a mu'ud would be pato legamri. That doesn't make any sense. So, so this pshat. I still think it doesn't make sense. Huh? I still think it doesn't make really? sense. Well, it's well why, why? It's still potter 50%. Like, okay, it's like, but it's not I'm saying, but it's still, you're treating a muid more leniently than you are a tom when the animal's proven to be aggressive. It's still hard to wrap. It's a custom, it's whatever. It's still hard to wrap it. But let's see it inside. Really, the case is a muid. So why are you paying chatzin nezek? By a chayr shaytiv katan's ox, you did a basic shmira. You didn't do a good shmira. For Rav Yaakov, and Rav Yaakov says you pay chatzin nezek. Savar like Rav Yehuda, damer tzad tamis bim komo medes. He holds like Rav Yehuda that every muid is still fifty percent a tam. V'savar like Rav Yehuda, damer muid sagla b'shmir pchusa, and he holds like Rav Yehuda that a basic shmira is potter by a muid by chayv by a tam. And he holds like the Rabbana that uh, pays by a tam. So it's three steps. pays by a tam. Number two, Shmir Pchusa is Chayev by a tam, Potter by a mood. And number three, every mood is 50% tam. And if you put all those three things together, you will pay Chatzinazim. This is all because Rav Yaakov holds like Rav Yehuda in every step of the way. Here's the problem Rav Yaakov doesn't hold like Rav Yehuda. The Gemara says, Amr Abaya, wait, wait, like, please, you tell me if Yaakov holds like Rav Yehuda and along. That's the whole thing. Savak Rav Yehuda, Savak Rav Yehuda. Like, I, he doesn't hold like Rav Yehuda. The uh, Tanya, the Brisa says, Shar shel cherishay to the katan, shenogach, you have a shar of a cherishay to the katan, Rav Yehuda mechayev, Rav Yehuda chayev, meaning nezek shalim, Rav Yaakov are mechatsi nezek. They argue. So how could you say that Rav Yaakov holds like Rav Yehuda? They don't hold like each other. Rav Yehuda mechayev, Rav Yaakov are mechatsi nezek. They're arguing with each other. So the Gemara says, Amar Rabba Barula, Masha Machayev Rav Yehuda Pirish Rav Yaakov. No, it's not a Machlekes. He's explaining Rav Yaakov Machayev. How much? I'm sorry, Rav Yehuda Machayev. How much is Rav Yehuda Machayev? Rav Yaakov Omer Chatzinazik. Rav Yaakov is explaining the Rav Yehuda. Now that's not the. I mean, that's that's not the basic way you read Tanaim. Whenever the Tanaim have two different names, two different amount, two different wording, they're arguing. But now you're saying no, they're explaining each other. Abayah says no. Labayah Damer Pligi. Abayah says no, they're arguing. So if they're arguing, what's the Machlekes about? Riddle number two. You have a shar shavacher shaita vikatan, Rav Yehuda Mechayev, Rav Yaakov Omer Chatzinazak. What's the machlokas? What Rav Yehuda is Chayev Nezek Shalin, Rav Yaakov is Chayev Chatzinazak. What's the machlokas about? So the Gemara attempts at riddle number two. We're not going to be able to get to it because we have to continue tomorrow, but we'll do attempt number one. The Gemara says like this Labay Damar Pligi Mimai Pligi. Amrlach, Hachamay Eskinan, Bemuid Veloy Notri Klal. It's very simple. It's actually very simple. Here's the deal. You have a shar of a cherishite of a cotton. It's a mood. Because the apotropis has been there four times. It's a mood. The guy didn't watch it at all. He left the door wide open. So Rav Yehuda says, Chayev, Nezak Shalom. Rav Yehuda is the easiest opinion you'll ever read. Mood, Nezak Shalom. Why does Rav Yaakov say Chatzin Nezak? Because he holds like this. He holds every mood is 50% a tam. 
and he holds that a tam doesn't have to pay by a chirushet of a katan. So you are paying 50%, but you're paying the muad 50%, not the tam 50%. That's it. So the Gemara says, Rav Yaakov, Rav Yaakov, who says you pay chati nezek, it's a muad that you didn't guard at all. So why aren't you paying nezek shalom? Because Rav Yaakov holds like Rav Yehuda that every tam is, st- every muad is still 50% tam, but he also holds that a chirushet of a katan doesn't pay for tam. Because that's megufoy. The goof of the animal will never go. So therefore, you are paying chatzin nezek, but you're paying the muad 50%, not the tam shavoy 50%. So it's not an added payment, it's either or payment. Correct. It's the, but it's not the right. tam 50%, it's yeah. the muad 50%. Yeah. He agrees with Rav Yehuda that every muad is 50% tam. So what's the machlaikas? He disagrees with Rav Yehuda in the second point because Rav Yehuda feels that you pay for a tam, that you make a, the apotropus pays for a tam of a chershet of a katan. Rav Yaakov disagrees. So Rav Yehuda is saying you're paying 100%, 50% for muid and 50% for a tam because he holds that an apotropus pays for a tam of a chershet of a katan. And uh, Rav Yaakov disagrees. Sovereign Mamidon Apotropos Latam Gavis Mugufa, Rav Sovereign Mamidon at Volemishamal Pago the Muad, and therefore you only pay 50%, the 50% of the Muad Shabbat. I will stop here and we'll pick it up because the next topic continues, the riddle continues. We'll stop here.